We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, guys? Rob Doster here. I wanted to jump on really quickly and apologize for how quiet this feed has gone for the last month. Our schedule in October has been insane. I've been to seven media days in the last two weeks, and I still have two more left on the schedule this week. That's where the focus has been for the field of 68. But now that we're bearing down on the start of the season, the first real games tip off in less than two weeks can't wait, by the way. It's time to start ramping this thing back up. We'll be dropping league-by-league previews in this feed during the week of October 23rd. It's Terrence Oglesby, John Fanta, and myself. We'll start with the Field of 68 After Dark's live shows the week of October 30th, and we're going to have a handful of shows breaking down the college basketball season from different angles, and hopefully a couple of new names and new faces will be in the mix that you will enjoy. They will be placed in audio format right here in this feed as well. We'll be streaming live at 11 p.m. Eastern time, beginning on the very first night of the season, Monday, November 6th, and we will hopefully have a major announcement about the future of the show coming here in the next couple of weeks. One programming note, we've started a second YouTube channel, which I'll link in the description below. We've developed about 15 different team podcasts that are going to be hosted and produced by students, recent graduates, and fans of specific programs the full roster of those pods can be found on our second channel and i'd very much appreciate you subscribing just like i'd love for you to rate and review this podcast feed if you do enjoy all of this content the best way to help support this show is engagement like subscribe rate review do all of those things that you know make us happy as podcasters but that's enough of my rambling it's preview season let's get into it Rob Doster here. I got Jeff Goodman with me. Hell no. John Fink. Are we still live? Kill the 68 till I die. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out. Randolph Children. DJ Khaled. You know the big DJ Khaled guy? Hands grow up and in. Goodman needs to be fired all the time. Josh Pastor. You're going to beat people straight up. You know the deal. Drink responsibly tonight. I'll be drinking with you. Terrell McNeil. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid majors. This is Field of 68. After that, let's get into the Big Ten because I think the Big Ten is um, it's an interesting league this year to say the least. I think that it has it the uh, the storyline that I'm going to be rooting for the most this entire season. Um, I think that the top of the league, at least the top seven teams, are really, really, really interesting. 
I want to talk about Illinois. I really want to get your take on their point guard situation. I think Maryland's underrated. Indiana's going to be fascinating to me, and I don't think enough people are talking about A, Ohio State, and B, Wisconsin. But we got to start. Biggest storyline, biggest player, maybe the best team in the conference, arguably the best team in college basketball this season, the Purdue Boilermakers. Fanta, we're going to you first on this one. Uh, they basically bring back everybody, right? They are basically running this thing back from last season. Um, but they added Lance Jones. They added Trey. Uh, they're, they're expected to play more Trey Kaufman, Ren. But Zach Eady, National Player of the Year, um, centerpiece of that offense, he's back. Matt Painter is back. It looks like they're just going to try to run this thing back all over again. Are you a fan of that decision? Do you think this is what they should be doing? And and uh, what are you hoping to see out of Matt Painter's group this year? Perimeter shot making. Because if we see perimeter shot making and we see a composed backcourt, then this team can win the national championship. Uh, they are a team that I, I'm totally okay with a 29-win squad running it back. Uh, with players who are hungry and, frankly, angry about the way last year ended. All that Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer and Trey Kaufman-Ren and Zach Eady and Ethan Morton and Mason Gillis, all they've heard about for the last six months is how they were on the wrong side of history. That has to drive them into this year. And Matt Painter... Brought this up in February after a loss to Maryland that I happen to be at. He said, you can have the best player on the floor, but if you're not playing complimentary basketball, it can end up not mattering. And and I thought that, the, that those words were so, they were so applicable, applicable when we got to the NCAA tournament. They were applicable. Because Purdue, their flaws all rose that night in Columbus. And what we saw was the freshmen showed that they're freshmen. So you hope that Smith and that lawyer have both grown. I would imagine that they have because all we've ever heard about is how competitive they are, how fierce they are. But if Purdue, if that backcourt is handling ball pressure better, and they're able to play complementary basketball where the center of attention, Zach Eady, can get even average amounts of help. It's going to change the complexion of this team. I don't think, and I want to I want to get your thought process on this from both of you, I don't think Matt Painter has to open up a new textbook and start teaching the game totally differently. He's He's been a great coach. He's just got to adapt and tinker a little bit and hope that a year under these guys' belts and the experience of last year can do what it once did for Virginia. How much do you really have to change? I agree with you, Fanta. Like, how much do you really have to change? You needed your guards to get a year older. Now they're a year older. And here's another thing, too. How often are you going to run into a matchup quite like that against FDU? It's, uh, it, it, it was the exact wrong situation for a Purdue team that very well could have uh, ended up at the Final Four with us in Houston, like last year. And for them to be able to run it back, I feel like I would want them to shoot it a little bit better. Braden Smith was at 37 and a half. Uh, Fletcher Lawyer at 32. I feel like he's a better shooter than that. Kaufman Renz at a quarter. Like, it, you, you got to have guys that shoot the ball a little bit better just for the sake of argument. You want them to be able to space it a little bit for Zach Eady. But even without 
you know, the floor spacing that you would want, Edie's still national player of the year at 22 and 13. So he's not going anywhere. He's still going to be big. He's still going to be dominant. He could be back-to-back national player of the year because, guys, who's who the hell is going to stop him? Yeah. So uh, Purdue's still going to be very good. Uh, they're still not overly athletic, but Paint does such a good job of putting them in the right position. Do they win the national championship? I don't know, but I, I think it's in- – completely plausible that they end up in Phoenix. And and I say that without the shadow of a doubt. They're not overly athletic, but Paint's going to be able to get those guys uh, in the right spots to have success. And I, I think last year was a bit of a fluke, and even the year before against St. Peter's, it was like wrong place, wrong time, oh, crap, small small players can well, shoot here's, pressure. It's, it's tough. Here's, here's what I'll say to that. And for the record, I think that Purdue is – closer to Kansas and Duke than they are to anyone else in the country, if that makes sense. I think it's closer to a top three in college basketball than it would be to a top two. Um, I think everything you said about Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer is correct, and I do think that Trey Kaufman ran, based off of the conversations that we had with Matt Painter at at the Hall of Fame um, show that we did, sounds like he's going to be the guy that kind of has a big year this year. But – I thought it was really interesting what Painter said there. He said that the common denominator between all of those early season knock or early tournament knockouts from North Texas to St. Peter's to um, Fairleigh Dickinson, the one common denominator is Matt Painter. And I think it's very clear that he's kind of going all in on this idea that like what we do is the right way to do things. And we're just going to keep doing it, which like, you just won the Big uh, Big Ten regular season title by three games. You just won the Big Ten tournament title, right? You went 29-5 and five in a regular season. Uh, you know, you do a lot of things right there. At the same time, yeah. it, is he at a point where he needs to change, Tio? Is he at a point where he can, needs to look in the mirror and say, okay, this is great for winning in the Big Ten. Maybe this isn't something that's going to win in the tournament. Or do you just say, like, this is – March is March. Bad luck is bad luck, and you got to keep – doing what's great because we just won 29 games doing it because I'm torn over the last two two seasons they've won 58 games a lot of games that's a lot of games like what 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 are you really wanting to change like the the tournament's the tournament two bad matchups sweet 16 and a first round exit like both against the same type of team like that that's kind of the thing they're not they're not geared to play some of these low major schools that get up and pressure you and guys there's a lot of talent in college basketball right now because of that extra year we've talked about that ad nauseum like there's more more better players i know that sounds like a grammatical mistake but there's more players that are really really good and so what happens is is you end up running into a buzzsaw against a team that is exactly your kryptonite and small guards that pressure you that take you out of playing in the half court it's tough uh it's something to be said about seeding too. If they are seeded correctly, uh, and quite frankly, if the NCAA tournament seeds it correctly, we don't probably don't have the Final Four we had last year. But that's a whole different story. If it's seeded in their favor, they're in Phoenix. I think it comes down to that. Yeah. the The one thing I will say is the it's a mental thing for me at this point, John. I, I do think that if you look at what UVA and how they handled this, um, yeah. I don't think that there's a better coach for that, and I don't think that there were two players that were better ready to um, take all of that on than Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy. And I think Zach Eadie's kind of wired that way. Um, but I also do think that it's it's very hard to separate the uh, 
the the let's just call it lemon booty, right? When you start puckering, when you start choking up just a little bit, when you feel a little bit of that game pressure, it's that that that's I think that's probably at least fifty percent of what's happening with Purdue in some of these games. That's probably the first of two Kyle Guy references we'll have today. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that, and hopefully Kyle makes some sort of commission off that. Um, I, I, I I'd hope that he does. Um, Kyle Guy Lemon Booty think... butt puckering. <laughs> no comment. No words. No comment on that. <laughs> I've already stepped over my line today, so. Yeah, yeah. My my 2023-24 season work on is to avoid talking about body parts. Um, let's go back to Purdue. Lance Jones is a really good defender and a guy who can make shots and a guy that should come into this program and fit well. And, and here's the thing. Here, here's, here's the facts, okay? I agree with the mental part. I, I totally do. I don't think Matt Painter has to change his scheme massively. You can't go 29 and five and then tell me that something is not working for March. I mean, there's too much right there. They were out in in Portland and look what they did in the PK 85 against teams that were not in the big 10, albeit early, albeit early. I understand that, but still to me, the number that you can point to is 32, 32% from three last year as a team, just not good enough. Uh, it, it, it's both not good enough and, and both very, very inconsistent. I mean, they cannot be a team that's shooting the basketball in games in the low thirties. Okay. There you have the best player in the country and how many shots does he miss? Not many, not many, not many. So they need, and, and I, I think it's just net. They just need to be able to identify who those two shot makers are per game. Uh, and honestly, like, I like the way that that Mason Gillis and Ethan Morton can play the game. But when you look at their figures, I understand. And, and you know, I'll, Caleb first, I won't loop him in as much because he's six foot ten and a different role. But to me, like, their supporting cash just didn't do enough last year. Uh, National Player of the Year or not, they missed open shots in key games. And I don't know. And I think it's, I think at first it was just a matter of, hey, we had a bad day or, hey, we've had an off game. And then I do think, Rob, when the season intensified in February, not Big Ten tournament, but February, and then again when you hit the, the floor in March Madness, there is such a thing in the NCAA tournament as yips, as the spotlight shines on you so bright that you just don't, you don't do the things that you've become accustomed to doing in a, on a game out game in game out basis it's sometimes simple it's a make or miss sport and in this sport there's a lot more misses than there are makes at the end of the day just because of the level that we're talking about there's a lot of talent Mm. but shot making is something that can come and go if purdue can be a team that can turn that low 30s into a number that's closer to 40 and zach Eady's putting up 22 and 13 then those run-ins with FDU and St. Peter's can all get washed away. To me, there's too much right with this team for me not to say that you have that picture of Arizona up in your locker room and you're thinking about making that elusive Final Four for Matt Painter. To me, the challenge for Purdue actually is showing up in November and understanding that nobody's going to lie down and that you can't advance the calendar to March. We know March is inevitable for Purdue, 
They've got to have the focus level in November and December to be able to build, 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 and not come off that loss to FDU and, and not be in the right mental state because all they're thinking about is what happens when they start playing in March. Big news. The Almanac is officially back. The most exhaustive and comprehensive guide to the 2023-24 college basketball season is available for pre-order now. If you go to cbbalmanac.com, link is in the description below, you can pre-order for just $15.99 or 20% off the sticker price. The format is going to be a little bit different this season. Instead of an 850-page PDF, you'll be getting access to the full site with league-by-league -league PDFs available for download. The preview will be live on September 20th, so you have until then to be able to get your pre-orders in. So for insight for all 362 Division One teams from their head coaches and the experts that cover them, make sure you hit that link. All right, so Purdue, I think we all agree, is the favorite to win the Big Ten. How far behind them would you place Michigan State? A.J. Hogar, Tyson Walker, Jaden Akins, they got a lot of experience. They can start five fourth or fifth year guys I, I don't I don't know if they're that far behind I think it's I would make the argument to you that they have a better backcourt Michigan State does than Purdue they do that's pretty clear yeah I, I agree with that it, it's electric guards against the best big man it's kind of like good versus evil depending on which side you look at it they're not totally opposite because there's good front court players at Michigan State there's good guards at Purdue but uh Two very good teams. A.J. Hogard and Tyson Walker, I remember two years ago we were wondering about the guards. We're no longer wondering about the guards. Those guys are proving it not, uh, right now. Uh, Tyson Walker averaging 15-3. and three. Like, how much more do you want? And he's a pest defensively. He's everything that Michigan State fans have come to love when it comes to their team. Hard-nosed guard that gets up and pressures you. And then on the other end, really, you know, forces the issue, pu pushes the pace. It's – it's a fun team. It's a deep team. Jaden Akins, does he does he take another step forward and get into double figures and a big time third option within an offense? Uh, to be seen. But they have probably the best athlete in the country in Cohen Carr coming in. I'm a big fan of Jeremy Fears. I feel like their freshman class is really really good. Are we going to see all of them at their best this season? Probably not. And I hope that Michigan State can hold on to them. But uh, Xavier Booker, extremely talented, arguably the best NBA prospect in this conference, uh, one of the top five best NBA prospects, I think, in college basketball. There's just a lot of pieces to really like. Uh, that front court, though, the fast. I want to I want to talk about Booker real quick. How how much have you seen him? Because yeah. one of the things that I've not a ton because from... he played he played on an independent circuit. Yeah, one of the things that I've heard coming out of Michigan State is that um, he's not yet wired to play like a Michigan State five man if that makes sense like the the physicality the toughness the I'm going to try to go get every fucking rebound kind of a mindset is not quite sure. there yet which I think is like a standard adjustment for freshmen coming into college um and I also think that there's a especially Michigan State yeah like there's a high standard there and a high bar to clear so I, I don't know is that does that sound like a valid concern based off of what you've seen from him I think it's it, it depends on how because he's obviously going to be able to provide value right away just from his length, athleticism, and skill. How much is Izzo willing to give? Because physically, from that standpoint, like he's not going to be the same as previous Michigan State fives. He's just not. So, like, how much is he willing to give in order to get that talent on the other end? Uh, I think is the most intriguing portion. But you, you know, while he's not going to get 
15 boards and put elbows in people's chests. And he might do that. Who knows? But like being that overly physical five that they've typically had, he's going to give you some in, in terms of rim protection. He's going to give you some in terms of being a lob threat. He's got some skill. Uh, I haven't seen a ton of him. I think I saw one game, a game and a half or something like that, just because he wasn't on any of the shoe circuits, but oozes potential really fun to, I mean, really fun to watch just because that, that feeling of oh, what's next is there with him. It's just a matter of how quick is he going to be able to adjust to Izzo and how much give is Izzo willing to give because he's not known for that, right? So the talent's there. How quick is he going to be good? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's a, a huge question because the question mark for Michigan State last year was what happened at the five. Yeah. And and it they they pieced it together in the best way they could. Do you remember uh, how good Monica Soko was at the Champions Classic? Remember we were like, they were they got the answer, they're double double machine. Mati Sissoko is the best player in America. And then that was the last time anybody mentioned his name. <laughs> right. Well, in 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 he a great bad. light, anyways. I I, I think that. It was interesting to see how they started the season uh, last year because they had that effort against Gonzaga. Remember how close they were to winning that game. Then, of course, they, they shine in the Champions Classic. Look, to me, the reason why you can say that that the gap is that close between Purdue and Michigan State, and, and I will not fault anybody for picking Michigan State to win the Big Ten regular season. You know why? It's so hard to repeat as regular season champions in a conference. I don't care how great you are. It's just difficult to win a regular season title. And Tyson Walker showed us down the stretch last year that he could be the closer, the clutch shot maker. I think of that epic MLK Day game against Purdue where he and Edie, it was like a chess match. And and they're doing two totally different things. But they were just, Walker's hitting huge shots from the perimeter. Edie's coming back and making something happen. Over the last eight games last season, Tyson Walker averaged 19 points and four assists per game. And we know uh, that Marquette was obviously a little bit dinged up, but you don't just beat that Marquette team in the NCAA tournament. And had Mr. New York City not stomped on everybody in the NCAA tournament, right? Uh, in Marquise Noel in Kansas State, Michigan State could have been in the Final Four. 
I mean, they, they were on that that type of, of run. No, Doesn't no this just... seem like a reoccurring theme with the Big Ten? Well, like, if this would have happened, if the matchup would have been better, we're just talking about Purdue. I don't I'm sorry. I had to throw in my two two cents of hate. I got you. I, I got yeah, you. Sorry, but I'll I, let I you do, go. I'll let I you do go. think we're talking about Tom Izzo here, though. Sure, we're sure, talk, sure. We're talking about a guy who's been to 15 Sweet 16s. He's going to go to a 16 Sweet 16 this year, and I think it's yeah. going to be sweet. I this is a team that that when I put together my final four predictions, uh, for better or worse, I'm going to have them in there. I, I'm, I'm putting the Spartans in there because I believe in them, and I believe in what you just said. That backcourt's as deep as any in America. They have a closer and walker. To me, guys, my biggest key, Malik Hall, please stay healthy. Yeah. He's had too many injuries and too many setbacks over his career that just when this team's hitting their stride, he gets – banged up and he means a lot to his team i will say this about michigan state um one i think they're going to miss joey hauser a little bit more than people probably realize because of his sh- shooting ability and the, the way he could slot him at the four and two saturday march 2nd in the year of our lord 2024 they Dude. are playing at purdue in the third to last game in the second to last week of the regular season Mackey Arena may may implode. It may deconstruct as that game is uh, <laughs> is being played. And I, for one, I don't think I could be more excited about a basketball game on a Saturday afternoon uh, that is six months Night. away. The Michigan State at Purdue, which I mean, that, yeah, that could be the uh, that could be for the um, the Big Ten regular season title right there. To it's a Saturday night that, game. It is. It is. And I'm just letting Big Ten Nation know. Go ahead and get your Peacock uh, subscription up because they have the rights to some big time matchups in that mm-hmm. league. So you guys might, might as well go ahead and figure out that streaming situation because I've uh, I've been told I've heard I've heard rumors I've been I've heard rumors that there's some big uh, matchups on Peacock. So go ahead and bite that bullet and pay for that one. The schedule's yeah. out. The schedule yeah. just came out as we're doing this pot, and and as you're saying that, I could tell you folks that. Indiana and Purdue in Bloomington That's Tuesday, Jan- Tuesday, January 16th. That game is going to be on Peacock. Yep. Yep. That was the one I had heard that was going to be on Peacock. So that <laughs> go ahead. And Among get others. Suspicion. I mean, Michigan, Michigan state, Illinois, Ohio state, those games are on Peacock. Yep. So it's going to be, that's good. Peacock's going to be a major player. So you they, might as well they, just bite That's the what they there. do. That's what they do with Peacock is they put all the biggest games behind the paywall to make you subscribe. It's, you know, yeah. It's smart. Go ahead and bite I get that it. Bullet. I get it. Um, so big news. The Almanac is officially back. The most exhaustive and comprehensive guide to the 2023-24 college basketball season is available for pre-order now. If you go to cbbalmanac.com, link is in the description below, you can pre-order for just $15.99 or 20% off the sticker price. The format is going to be a little bit different this season. Instead of an 850-page PDF, you'll be getting access to the full site with league-by-league PDFs available for download. The preview will be live on September 20th, so you have until then to be able to get your pre-orders in. So for insight for all 362 Division I teams from their head coaches and the experts that cover them, Make sure you hit that link. So we we talked a little bit about Purdue. We talked a little bit about Michigan State. The other team that I think you can make the argument is the next most talented in the Big Ten is Indiana. 
And my question to you is, are you going to trust a team where four of their five best players are, are front court players and their point guard is Xavier Johnson, who has put up big <laughs> numbers, but who I don't think has really shown us uh, throughout his now six-year career the consistency to be a winning point guard. Um, where, do you, where do you stand on Indiana fans? Wow. I think that's the biggest question in this league from team to team, because if it all pans out, this is Oof. a team, this is a team that, that could end up being a really special group um, because there's so much upside to the talent that they have. I mean, Kalau Ware, Mike Woodson told me a couple of weeks ago that, that Kalau Ware has it in him to be a great player and that the Oregon chapter was the Oregon chapter. And he was pretty candid. He said, look, man, shit happens. That's the point of the transfer portal. He's coming here. He's going to play a big role. We're asking him to play a big role. Uh, Mackenzie Mbakpo, by all accounts, is is oozing, oozing with talent. And when Mike Woodson says of a freshman. Oozing with talent. Yes, oozing with talent. I, I don't understand you sometimes. You you try to set some people up. Continue. You know, I, I mean, you're talking about, we're talking about Peacock subscriptions and oozing with talent. Folks, the the fact of the matter is, Ngbakpo is, has a chance to be special. When Mike Woodson says that it, it, Mackenzie Ngbakpo, Tio, could be leading them in scoring on a, on a given night, that stands out to me. Yep. Mike Woodson doesn't hand out praise. No. He doesn't hand out praise, nor alone to a freshman. To me, the question is, do they have enough between – like, Xavier Johnson is what he is. He's a, a very good, adequate guard who can make plays for others and be a leader. He's the heart and soul of that team. He's a very good player, okay? He's your is age. He an all, is he an All-American? No, but yeah, yeah, he's an old guy who's going to step up. I just question this team's ability to make perimeter shots. I, I don't know how they're spacing the floor game to game. Trey Galloway is a role guy. It looks like they're going to ask him to start at the two. That's a it's a big he, – he plays with energy. He defends. He's quick. He, he Like, he makes hustle plays happen. But to me, from game to game, what does Indiana's offensive production look like Post Trace Jackson Davis, post Jalen Hood Shafino. Because the fact is, they are counting on a lot of new faces to be double figure type of guys. They need the Malik Renault breakout season, is what they need, T.O. Yeah. And they need uh, Mbako to be a big piece, too, because he he can space the floor. He, he He's shown that, at least when we when we watched him whenever he was on the circuit, like he's a guy who can shoot the ball, create, get shots off for one dribble, doesn't need the ball to be dominant. And I think within a system, he'll be pretty good. Uh, Caleb Banks is a talented kid that'll come off mm -hmm. the bench, uh, an Atlanta Celtics kid that was uh, that didn't play a ton last year, but he's got he's got that ability. Peyton Sparks shot forty percent from three last year and averaged what thirteen and nine. He's a guy that can really shoot the basketball from Ball State. We'll see how that works. Kind of another big six eight six nine guy that can space the floor. Uh, the, the talents there to me, they're the most intriguing team in this league. Uh, just because the, the, what you see are three or four guys that could shoot 40% and, 
and you have some creation. And Gabe Cups will come off the bench, who was one of my favorite players on the circuit. What was it last summer or two summers ago? Mm -hmm. uh, a guy who can create. He's shifty. He's going to be that guy that opposing fan bases love to hate. And I I'm curious to see how this team goes because the natural talent's there. Yeah, the the one thing I will say, I, I agree with everything you guys just said. Um, there's two things that I want to point out. One, uh, I'm a little worried about what they're going to be defensively. It feels like Renault and Khalil Ware are both guys that you would kind of pencil in as a five. And, and Mbappé, I think I view him more as a like four slash three than a guy that's a natural wing, if that makes sense. Um, so I'm a little bit worried about where he's going to be in that position. This honestly has the the makeup of a team that if you played some two three zone with the length and athleticism that they have in that front line, I don't think that I would hate that all that much. Um, and two is that when I spoke with with Mike Woodson for the Almanac, uh, he he wasn't really hiding the fact that he was kind of making a public call out of Khalil Ware, like challenging: Is he going to play hard enough? Does he want this? Essentially, does does he got that dog in him? Right. And I think if he does, if he did, he'd be, he'd have been a lottery pick. Yeah. If he didn't, he wouldn't be at Indiana right now. He wouldn't be leaving Oregon yeah. for another school. He'd be leaving Oregon for the NBA. Um, yeah. But it was, there were people that kind of had similar questions for Trace Jackson Davis after his first couple seasons at Indiana. And then last year, Trace kind of made that jump and made that leap. And was that Woodson's third season, right? No, Woodson's second season. So Woodson had the season with Trace Jackson Davis and then got him to the point where he turned into like TJD, a bad man. Um, I'm very curious to see how that will work out with Khalil Ware because the talent is absolutely there. The question is whether or not you can get hit the, the, the best out of him. Speaking of having the talent and trying to get the best out of somebody, the other really intriguing team in this conference is Illinois. And they are always intriguing because it feels like there's always something going on there. Um, and this year, it is the question of who the hell is going to play the point for Illinois. Is it going to be Terrence Shannon? Is it going to be Ty Rogers? Is it going to be Coleman Hawkins? Like, what are we doing here, T.O.? Who's playing the point? Who is Daddy Brad going to trust to run his basketball team? I'm assuming he said that uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. is going to do some of it. And then they listed Ty Rogers as a point whenever they were on their trip. That's interesting because I always considered him more of a three-four, but <laughs> yeah, I, right. I, I don't, I, I don't know what's going to happen. So I, I think you know Terrence Shannon needs to do what I know. This is going to be a, a long way out of the left field comparison, but but back when Steph Curry played at Davidson, his idea was I'm going to come back for my sophomore year, and then after that. I'm going to play point my sophomore year. I'm going to give it up, and I'll turn back into a two-guard. I think that's what Terrence Shannon needs to do, especially once the season starts. Like, yeah, sure, you can bring it up, but once you get rid of it, then you turn back up into the 17-point-a-game guy that we have. So, and, and I think Underwood will be able to put those guys in position to succeed. He's going to be able to draw things up and put guys to where they're comfortable scoring the basketball. Uh, Gibbs Lawhorn, the freshman, I think he went to Montverde, but he, he's a talented kid. Uh, he's a guy that's going to come off the bench. Could he step up into that role? He sure is talented enough. He was supposed to go to Purdue initially and then got backed out, and then now he's going to Illinois. Uh, he's a big-time athlete. He's only 6'1", but there's a lot of skill there. Uh, could he step in and give you you know, 10 to 15 minutes of quality production at the point? I think that's a big thing. Quincy Garrier's tough. Coleman Hawkins, we all know about him and, and a good – five man that could step out and do some things is he going to show up consistently he showed flashes of that last year 
Illinois has talent. It seems like they're always going to have talent. Who's going to write? Who's going to write the ship when things get out of line? That's when. That, that's when you get concerned with Illinois because times you're going to need to settle down. Who's going to be that guy? Because Shannon, he's going to go off and do his own thing. And and I, his natural inclination is to score. Let me rephrase what I say there. His natural inclination is to score. Who's going to settle the team down? You know what I think they need right. to be. Tell me if you think this is a crazy right. take, Fanta, because it might be a little bit of a crazy take, but I'm here for the crazy takes. I'm here for the hot takes. Um, I think they need to be what Texas Tech was in 2022 in Mark Adams' first year. If you go back and look at that team, they don't really have a point guard on the roster, right? They kind of have a bunch of dudes that are all about 6'6 to 6'10 and really athletic, and they kind of built this identity around, like, you ain't going to score on us. It's not going to be all that pretty, but we're going to win with defense. We're going to win with toughness. We're going to win with athleticism. We're going to win because we're older and more physical than you. And we'll do enough offensively and on the offensive glass and kind of turn turnovers into pick six layups at the other end. And if you do that, right, if, if Illinois can be a top 10 defense with a guy like Terrence Shannon, wow. with a guy like Coleman Hawkins, with a guy like Marcus Domask, who's coming in average four assists at his last stop, with some of like the young pieces, uh, Luke Goody, you mentioned Dre Gibbs-Lawhorn. Um, I, I think that there's enough there to be a top 20-ish kind of a team. Um, but I just... I think Illinois fan is permanently going to be a team that I think can beat anybody in the country and also can lose to anybody in the country on any given night. Yeah, that's fair. That's what they've been, right? Yeah, forever and ever. That's what what Daddy Brad is. (laughs) And and look, he's done a very nice job of getting the program, which was seven years without an NCAA tournament berth and and, and getting them back to the big dance floor, that the expectation, that the, the, the minimum under Bright Underwood is that they're going to dance. They're going to find a way to the NCAA tournament where your defensive take comes in on, on how they could be defensively. Here's the thing. They're old. They're old in the almanac. Bright Underwood call this team cerebral that they know how to work. They know what to do day in and day out. And their, their track record on defense is good. They've been a top 30 Kempom defensive team in the last three years. And a couple of years ago, it was in, 2020-21, they were seventh in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency. But they've been around 26, 29. They've been right there on that end of the floor. They've been the good defensively with got... Kofi Coburn. Okay. They've been good defensively with Kofi Coburn. That tells you what you need to know. Also tells you yeah, what the big time is like. <laughs> they've been great defensively with Kofi Coburn. They but they were good defensively last year. They were. They had a good year on that end of the floor. They also had to be good defensively because in the half court setting, they struggled. Why? They shot 31% from downtown last year. And and that seems to be, Terrence, maybe that's the trend in this league, is that you've got physicality, rugged nature of games. You do have some star players. No shortage of star players, right? There are star players. But the playing style then, when you get to March Madness and you face a a little guy, quote-unquote, how does the little guy get in any game? They knock down shots over you. Yep. And and they and that's something that's hard to equal if it's not a strength of your team. To me, Marcus Domas is a key piece to this team because you're talking about a three-time all Missouri Valley Conference selection, who, as you said, he he's averaged over three assists. He averaged 17 points per game last season. So they need him. 
They need Goody to be knockdown guys. Terrence Shannon, Terrence, I, I, I understood what you said. Like he's not going off on his own. The point is he's going to get his in games. Mm-hmm. He, Terrence Shannon Jr. is going to find his way to 16, 17, 18 points. But Terrence Shannon Jr. needs to show that all the work that he does, and he does a lot of work. He's up every day at 4.30 in the morning. He, he works his ass off. We've heard that story before. Which now, is ridiculous, by up- the way. Like you, you can be a hard worker without waking up at four o'clock every morning to go get shots up. Like that just seems like an unnecessary waste of like time. You can sleep and and rest and recuperate your body. You don't have to be up before get up at seven and go shoot. You don't have to be up at four. Hey, good for him. The point now is he's got to be a connector. Coleman Hawkins and Dane danger have to be connectors. If you're an old team, you know what wins and you know what loses. You can't run it back and do things the same way to start the year. Shannon's got to, in my opinion, be uh, the point man. And then if they can be able to get to a point where they can really fully hand off the keys to Ty Rogers, if Ty Rogers is capable, this is a top 20, if not top 15 team. All right. I have uh, two more questions for you. We're going to start with this. Maryland, Ohio State, and Wisconsin are all kind of in that like borderline top 25 range right now. They were picked fifth, sixth, and seventh in uh in the Big Ten in the Almanac in the preseason. Um, I think all of them have some real sleeper potential and are being kind of underrated. So I want you to pick who you think is going to be the best out of that group. Maryland, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Terrence, go. That's a tough one. That that's a tough one. What I will say is it just depends on night to night what you're going to get. Uh Maryland's going to be able to defend Fanta uh, Fanta. Do you think he's going to answer? The I'm, question? Gonna, I'm, I'm getting to my answer. I'm getting my answer. Uh, Ohio state certainly has talent. If Sounding I had very to, political right now, if I had to sign to, to pick one out of the three, it would probably go to Ohio state because of how bad last year was. And they're going to be on a revenge tour. Uh, I'm just such a big fan of Bruce Thornton. I, I think he's one of the toughest freaking point guards in college basketball. Uh, they're going to be a little bit older. Jamison Battle's a nice player. Akpar is a year older, a year more physical. Um, I, I'm curious to see how that goes. I, I think Dale Bonner is – I think he's a very okay player, but I think he's a plug-and-play guy that's going to give you a lot of minutes. But I, 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 this is a revenge tour. This is a revenge tour for Ohio State, who wasn't very good last year. But all that being said, Connor Segean is the most underrated and underappreciated player in the Big Ten. At Wisconsin, I can't believe you guys didn't have him on a pre preseason all conference team. That's crazy. That was all. That was all Goodman. That was all good. Yeah, I know that, that's cr- that's crazy to me. That is a that is an oversight of epic proportions. And I like the addition of uh, AJ Store at Wisconsin too, which is kind of a weird one, but I like what he does. He's, he's big. He's physical. He can knock down shots. Uh, Wisconsin. That's a those three are really good. I, I think the revenge tour at Ohio State. There's a lot going on there. Well, I, so I was going to say, for the reasons that you just mentioned, I was going to say it's Wisconsin. Like, I think Wisconsin is borderline, like, I think they're closer to top 15 than they are top 35, and that might be a hot yeah, take. A but, I mean, look, Chucky Hepburn, I think, is a really good point guard. You mentioned Connor Asijian. Uh We know what Tyler Walker How did he not? I mean, what, what, did, did Jeff not see Connor play last year? I think Jeff well, just. There, yeah. there's, your second, there's your second Kyle Guy reference. Yeah, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. Of him. 
I'll tell you this. It's uh to me, it's definitive proof that Goodman doesn't know ball. Um, but you give me Chucky Hepburn, Connor Sejan, Tyler Wall. We know how good he's been throughout his career. Max Klesman is your typical like Wisconsin role player. Stephen Kroll, your typical Wisconsin five man. And then you add in a guy like AJ Store, who is completely different good, from all of the players that they have, will give you a completely different look. And I think, I mean, we have him scheduled as being a guy coming off the bench, which makes sense because Wisconsin brought back all five of their starters. But AJ Store is going to be the dude at the end of a game that you give the ball to and say, go get you one. Right. Yeah. I just I think that this is going to be a very, very, very good team. And I would be really surprised if we looked up in February and they weren't right there in the race for like a top three spot in the Big Ten tournament. And it's what four buys in the Big Ten tournament, right? That I think that they have a very, very real chance to get a buy. Look, when you bring back nine of your top ten scores, you miss the NCAA tournament and you've got legitimate sophomores who had solid freshman year and now are going to take a climb. And you bring back two guys that were preseason all-conference in, in Wall and Hepburn. I mean, the logic would say that Wisconsin is going to be a real dark horse nationally. I think the natural question is, can Hepburn now be the guy? Can Hepburn now be the – and maybe they don't they, – here's the thing. The reason why Store is a great ad, Rob, is because St. John's went to him a couple times as a freshman late in games last year, and he hit big shots for them. Good. He had a game winner. He had a game winner against Georgetown at Madison Square Garden. I'm thinking at the time, this kid is this kid is a freshman, and mm-hmm. that's not easy to do. So they that was the issue with Wisconsin last year. They couldn't break through in a close game, but now they've got a CGM with a year under his belt. They've got stores, so they've got shot makers. Like Wisconsin might play a certain style. But, T.O., you know how sometimes you say that that Virginia, the numbers are reflective of the style that doesn't necessarily make them a bad offensive player? Sure. Wisconsin's kind of got that makeup of they might play a certain way because Greg Gard's going to impose that they're going to they're gonna win a war. But that doesn't mean that they don't have offensive pieces. Like, they, they can win a game 77 to 72 this year if they need to. Yes. Maryland. Let's make the case for Maryland. And I, I believe that the answer is still Maryland because they won an NCAA tournament game and they didn't beat Alabama, but they fought. And and the fighting Kevin Willards here are coming off a year where they laid the foundation in College Park. There now is a foundation laid there. He's got one of the leaders in the country as a guard in Jameer Young. I mean, Jameer Young is heart and soul, transferred to Maryland, wants to be the guy that elevates his program. He takes pride in doing that. We don't talk about freshmen a whole lot, but by all accounts, Deshaun Harris-Smith is going to come into Maryland and make an impact. And you know when when you're a freshman, your chances of making an impact increase when you're playing around seniors and experienced players. Your life gets easier. The game does slow down because you have guys that slow it down for you. Deshaun Harris-Smith and Jamie Kaiser should come in and make an impact. They showed some strides here over the summer. Uh, I love Jamie Kaiser. Dante Scott's still around. Julian Reese is listed as a junior. He's more like a senior than he is a junior. He's played a ton of minutes here in his first couple years of college basketball. And guys, if you look at Kevin Willard's history, now he had Grant Bellmeyer with him, but if you look at Willard's history, Romaro Gill, Ike Obiagu, Angel Delgado, one of the themes is that big men mm-hmm. under Willard get better and better and better. Reese is going to be a beast. Maryland is a top 20 team. Yeah, I, I 
I really like Maryland as well. I tend to lean a little bit closer to Wisconsin than Maryland, but the combination of Jameer Young, Deshaun Smith, I'm glad you mentioned Jamie Kaiser too. He's a player. All right. I love that last will last the field of 68. Wait, will the field of 68 make their first trip to College Park this year? Uh, it's not going to be my first trip to College Park. I used to live in DC. Won't be mine either. I've been to college. I get, well, I've we, been to college park. Never done it in after dark from there. Maybe we, we will. Never bring Maybe. the blue wig. Bring the blue wig. <laughs> no comment. Um, all right. Uh, the last one I got for you is we got three teams that we haven't talked about yet that made the NCAA tournament last year: the Iowa Hawkeyes, the Northwestern Wildcats, and the Michigan Wolverines. Um, first and foremost, Jawan Howard. He's got the. What do we got there? This is my last trip to Maryland. I have. It. Wow. Right here. Was that the game you got ejected for punching a dude in the face? No, it wasn't. <laughs> this it, another nightmare ending for the Terps. Oglesby hits the game winner, 73-70. My only trip to Maryland. Oh, there you I'd, go. I, I'd, right. I'd, I'd love to go back. <laughs> only fun memories. Of is it because you and SVP have the same hairdo? <laughs> no. <laughs> SVP, look, my, my story on SVP, after I hit the game, game winner i tried to get him to take a picture with me and he took a picture of me i can't find that picture anywhere anywhere he had it deleted from history and i had it taken at half court of the at maryland and i cannot find that picture after so svp help, help me out you're a hero man you're a hero after you hit the game well that's actually hilarious all right the michigan wolverines um hopefully Jawan howard you know had uh he had heart surgery and so we're Wishing for the best for him to get back yep. on the court and get back healthy. Um, but Michigan, Northwestern, and Iowa, three teams that made the tournament last year, three teams that are borderline tournament teams this year. Um, where do you start? We'll go to you, two, uh, you first on that one, T.O. Where do you stand on on who's going to make the tournament out of that group? Can any of them make the tournament? Michigan, Iowa, and um, let's Northwestern. Northwestern. Uh, has Northwestern ever done it two years in a row? They've only oh, done it twice on. ever. Oh come on, that's 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 wrongful hate. Wrongful hate. What's yeah. wrongful? What's wrongful is is that they still have Boo Booey, Ty Berry, and Brooks Barnheiser is is a dude. We'll see. Right, so how, Northwestern's well, not going to be a part. The the sorry man. Any the I the problem with uh, with with going all in on on Boo Booey is that I don't know how long he's going to be able to. I don't know if he'll have the stamina. Um, while um, while he's just carrying Greg Waddell on his back everywhere, so uh, I don't know. I, I don't think I can get on board with the the boo booey band. Now this is the sector. This is the sector of the Big Ten where, like, if only sleepers media could crash the Zoom right now. Because here you go. Here with, I mean, of the three you just mentioned, I think that the most curious one is Michigan. It has to be Michigan because they went through an off season that was really strange. I mean, let's face it. The Caleb Love thing was just plain odd. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you you transition to, okay, so then what's going to happen here with this team in the backcourt? And the fact is, is that they're walking into this season now and they're really counting on Doug McDaniel to take a significant leap. I think he has it in him to to do so. And and Namari Burnett to come in and and hopefully by virtue of playing for a team previously that didn't have a a real carved out role for him when it comes to minutes that he can come in and now be a guy that if he averaged six points and fourteen minutes per game can he average twelve to fourteen for his team in a game 
but I, I, I have uncertain. I don't know what to expect from this team. Frankly, one of the early season games that I am overly fascinated by is at Madison Square Garden on Monday, November 13th, because it is literally a week into the season, and St. John's is hosting Michigan. I, I, you know, I think I know what to expect from St. John's, but I don't fully know what to expect from either team. Who's good? Who's not? What What's their rotation look like? Olivier Camois helps Michigan. He he does, but he's not the guy on a team. He's not, and that's they don't my have. They don't, they have, they don't have a guy. guy. You want to know? You want to know if I can make one trade like inside the Big Ten, right? If there was one trade yeah. that I can make that would make one team really good, I would take the homie Boo Booey, and I would put him on this Michigan roster. Because if you but, give me a guy like Boo Booey, I know, but that I, I just I think that Boo Booey is a really, really good point guard. I don't think that he has the supporting cast around him at, at Northwestern that they need. Losing Chase Audige is going to hurt. It feels very weird to sit here and say losing Chase Audige is going to hurt Northwestern as something on a Big Ten preview. Whereas the, I just the, don't the answer, know. The answer, the answer is Iowa. Yeah, I, that's that's what I was going to get to is I don't trust the point guard play. I think that there's a good supporting cast and there's no guy at Michigan, which is why I'll just lean on Iowa. France is always going to find a way to turn his team into a top five offense. They'll play enough defense to get to nine or ten wins in the Big Ten and nine or ten wins in the Big Ten is going to get you a trip to the NCAA tournament. Correct. Vance is my and, and, and not only that, they're all they're offensively, offensively, I, Iowa's always going to find ways to score in a league that sometimes struggles to score. So sometimes that they're just going to be able to score more than the other team. They're yeah, kind of a, a, yeah. you know what's going to happen this year? T.O. is going to sit there. He's going to watch Peyton Sanford take 21 threes a game and shoot right. 46% from three. And he's going to sit there and say, why in the hell did I not go play for Fran McCaffrey? Yeah, of course. Look. Fran McCaffrey is a dream to play for, particularly from the offensive end of the floor. You're going to learn the game at such a high <laughs> level. You're going to be able to process the game, and you can go pro. I mean, he he, he has shown he could develop guys into pros. Look at your game face right now. That's McCaffrey. Yeah, hey, you know what? He's got his personality. I, I want to play for him. I think Fran's in Fran, here's the great thing about Fran McCaffrey. He is so true to himself. I love it. I love the guy. When you when you actually sit down and talk with him, he's he actually he he's he will answer your question. He's not a BS guy at all. And his teammates, his team plays like it. Ben Cricky, the transfer from Valpo, I mean, that's a guy who led the Missouri Valley in scoring a year ago with over 19 points per game. Uh, and they're gonna count on the six foot nine grad transfer to come in here and and be big time uh in Iowa City. I mean, he he's gotta play a big role. Patrick McCaffrey's Still there, and I hope Pat has a terrific year and and is able to step up and and help his Hawkeyes to the NCAA tournament. Peyton Sanford is a is a guy that's just continually grown throughout his career. And if he averaged ten points per game in twenty minutes, now his minutes are going to increase. He's a junior; he's been there before. And Tony Tony Perkins had a chance to watch him in person a couple times last year, and I got to tell you, he was a guy that I didn't fully appreciate until I watched him in person because I watched how hard he played and how much he was an extension of Fran on the floor. This should, this is a team. I'll be candidly honest here. I expect Iowa to be on my TV the first Thursday or Friday of the NCAA tournament at 12, 15 in an eight, nine game. I'm not mad at that. That's kind of what they always do, right? They're that, they're that first game team. 
<laughs> and, and they're making the tournament this year. I don't think they're an elite team. Maybe they'll end up being an elite team, and I'll be wrong. Hawkeye fans might be mad at my statement about 8-9, but they're probably a 7-10, 8-9 type of game team. And that's okay this year because they do not have as much experience as they've had. Nope. Thank you for watching the Field of 68. If you've enjoyed what you've seen here, hit that like button, share this link with your friends, or check out the description for some other places that you can consume Field of 68 content. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.